Good evening and welcome to People of Note on Classic 1027. I'm Richard Cock and this program is broadcast every Sunday from 6 to 8 p.m. In it, we talk to someone who is a person of note and listen to music of their choice. And my guest in tonight's program is Gregory Nottingham. And we'll hear what he does, but he's a musician, a sound engineer, composer, all sorts of different things. Welcome, Greg. Thank you, Richard. Thank you very much. It's Good to have you on the program. Here. Why don't you tell us what you are? Well, I uh, sure, and I, I think I am a, a few things, <laughs> as as uh, as you've already said. I'm a sound engineer, composer, a music producer, and a jack of many trades. I'd say. <laughs> and how did you get into this? Well, I've always loved music, and growing up, I decided to to pursue um, music, although it was a little bit later on in my life. Um, around the age of 15, I really decided, okay, it's time to focus. And uh, I took piano to matric, and then I, I went into sound engineering after school, and then I've actually been working at a, at a recording studio for 10 to 12 years since that. But you also now do composition. You create your own music. Yes. So I've I've always dabbled with... Um, I've always uh, been very interested in composing and from a young age started playing with um, digital workstations and um, synthesizers and drum machines. And I eventually only recently discovered that I had access... I could find access to a, a full orchestra and that that was the most awesome thing I've ever experienced. And how did that come about? Because orchestras generally are quite expensive. Well, I found a, a group of people online who have um, created a service which is very affordable um, to have. They've got a few tiers of orchestras and um, they operate out of Prague and Lisbon, and um, I jumped on that as soon as I found it. What, they'll record anything you send them? Anything you send them. It just needs to be orchestrated properly. They need to be able to read it, and absolutely. Yeah, and do they uh, charge you by how long the piece of music is, or yes. what happens? Yeah. They recommend a, a length of session time that you need to book for, a, obviously, the length of music, as you know very well. And uh, and then you book your session and go for it. Yeah, that sounds amazing. And have you got examples of this? Have they recorded something for you? Yes, um, I have now recorded in the last two years five different pieces. Well, I think we should hear one of them. Absolutely. Just tell us the title. All right. Well, as I'm sure some classic FM listeners know, um, there is a suite that I've created called The Adventures of Mr. Hamesley. And this piece is the latest addition to that. And it is called Quandor's Palace. That was Quandor's Palace from The Adventures of Mr. Hamesley by my guest in People of Note, Gregory Nottingham. Well, congratulations, Greg. I mean, that's something quite special to have your music recorded by an orchestra in Prague. And the orchestra was the Musiversal Orchestra. Uh, and do they, obviously, they do this for people all over the world as a, as a service. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, it's, 
I'm very lucky to be one of the first people to try them out because I think they're going big. They're going places. Yeah. There is also a service in South Africa now, the Cape Town Philharmonic Orchestra, offering sections of sessions to do exactly this, what you're talking uh, about. Well, now you are just perking my interest, <laughs> Richard. Thank you. Yeah. Well, I'll give you more details because you can find out about that because I think it's probably a growing trend now because you could you can buy a portion of a session in order to record your music. It sounds exactly what you're well, doing. Well, thank you so much. Yeah. And I can't believe I'm sitting here yeah. talking to you. I mean, you're a master of this trade. <laughs> thank you. Now, um, how about orchestration? Because it looks as though while you were still um, at uh, studying, you started working at Jazzworks. Yes. So first of all, tell us what Jazzworks is, and then tell us what sort of work you were doing there. Jazzworks is a recording studio. So it doesn't necessarily have anything to do with jazz. We we service, in fact, most of the... Uh, we have a big client base of hip-hop artists. So it's we're, we're predominantly a recording studio. We do mixing and mastering and production, music production. And tell us some of the names of people that work there. Well, I mean, big names, a.k.a. Lira. Lira. Double HP did for a long time. Um, we're very sad that we've he's moved on into the next life, into another world. Casper Nyovest. Casper Nyovest, absolutely. We've we did the um, fill up the dome concert film. We did fill up Orlando concert film and fill up FNB Stadium. Now, when you say film, do you mean you? make a film of these yes things. so yeah. we are not only a recording studio but we've we've um got a quite a few films to our name as well so we do have a video production department as well and do you write music for film also i do yes for tv films or for like uh, I've feature done, films i've done quite a few tv shows in which I, i've i've uh, composed the theme song and the score and most recently i've completed my first film um score which was last year and it's a film called either way by deborah Dietz and johnny pina and do you have any examples of music from that sorry and the the director of that film was dean hibbert dean hibbert okay I see you've made a video recently of uh, called Rainforest. Yes. Uh, this sounds like a woke video. Yes, absolutely. It is a woke video, <laughs> although so, it is yeah. quite a quite a sad video as well. Uh, the piece of music itself is very sad, and it was just something I felt after what was happening with the fires in the Amazon and the lack of regard to the the importance of our rainforests um i decided to write a piece and yes the piece did turn out to be a very sad slow moving piece um but i think it was it was apt given the circumstance and then i put some pictures together and made a video and released that last and can year. people see this absolutely where can they see it on youtube and it is called rainforest so you can just search rainforest gregory nottingham 
There you go, Rainforest Gregory Nottingham. So go and have a look at it, and Nottingham, as in the Sheriff of Nottingham, it's yes. the same spelling. thank you. You say my name so wonderfully, Richard. <laughs> <laughs> so Nutty one. Go and, go and have a look at it, uh, because it's there on YouTube. Gregory Nottingham, and the YouTube is called Rainforest. And Gregory is my guest in People of Note. And Gregory, we were talking about people that you'd worked with, uh, because it's quite a list of important people in the South African music scene uh, when I look at the list of names here. Uh, so I'm just interested to know why you went into the orchestral side of things. And I want to ask you a very particular question, because you went to school at two schools which really uh, brought you up in the classical, more in the classical style of music. That was at the Ridge and at St. John's. And yet you've moved in another direction altogether. So just tell us how that happened, because doubtless you were schooled in a traditional way. Yes. So what made you move away from that? Well, I, I think it was a way, I, you know, growing up, I never thought, you know, I wanted to be a classical composer, although I took music and uh, maybe it, it resonated with me, but not as much as it does now. And I so appreciate what I learned at school, especially at St. John's in the music department. It was probably the best music tuition as a young man that I could have. And I went, you know, after school, I, I thought I was still going to go into a pop domain. And, you know, I think after years of working with with big artists in that field, um I think a part of me always longed for the classical side, the film score. That was always something that touched me to the core. Well, and here comes something from that. John Williams, this is Yoda and the Fall. That was John Williams conducting the orchestra, and the piece was called Yoda and the Force, the choice of Gregory Nottingham, who's my guest in People of Note. I see, Greg, quite a few of your choices are what we would call sort of more standard classical fare. And obviously you enjoy that side of things, but it is all slightly filmic music. If I think uh, Romeo and Juliet of Prokofiev, Shostakovich, Berlioz, they're quite dramatic, colorful scores. So that obviously appeals to you. Absolutely. I think what I'm realizing is the storytelling behind the music is what is what really speaks to me. And I think that's why film score does so deeply. And ballet? Because apparently you like ballet music also. I love ballet music. Yeah. <laughs> I think, I mean, I, I do frequent the Joburg Ballet when I do, and they are incredible. And I always take away some inspiration from from the ballet. Did you ever think of dance yourself? I've thought of it, yes, but you know, maybe in an in an once I've finished what I'm doing now, maybe I'll you know yeah. try something else. Try some dance music. Let's listen to uh, part of Berlioz's Symphonie Fantastique. That was part of the Symphonie Fantastique by Hector Berlioz, the choice of Gregory Nottingham, who's my guest in People of Note. And what a piece that is, isn't it? Wow, yeah. it gets me every time. What, is it the emotional quality of the music, or is it just the sheer sound of it? What is it? Definitely the emotion, and the sound goes along with it. 
And there's just something about that that fourth movement. Did we listen to the fourth movement? That really, really resonates with me. And I think we did take that um, as a set study in matric. And, you know, when you study something deeper, it always, you always find the deeper nuances. So you know the music quite intimately. Yes. Yes, I do. And, of course, Berlioz was something of a revolutionary himself in terms of his orchestrations and the style of music that he wrote. When you think that he was around, just around the time of Beethoven, it's pretty hectic, his music. The the change from one era to another. And particularly in Berlioz's case, because he had such an incredibly fertile mind. And obviously that inspires you. Uh, And I I understand the the film score connection, really, because uh, that uh, music is definitely filmic and dramatic, as is the music of Sergei Prokofiev, which is your next choice. This is the Montagues and Capulets from Romeo and Juliet. That was the Montagues and Capulets from Romeo and Juliet by Sergei Prokofiev. Again, an interesting choice from uh, Gregory Nottingham because it's very colorful, rhythmic and vibrant music. Now, when you talked about your uh, Rainforest, for example, that piece that you wrote, which was slow moving and sad, do you often write music like that or do you do you write music rather vigorous like this as well like Prokofiev I'd say both whatever's whatever's uh, coming to me at that time because the modern trend is this slightly minimalist slow moving uh, rhythmically repetitive music yes do you write a lot of that I try to I try to uh, mix things up as much as I can because I do notice that if I'm starting to fall into a mold um Although it doesn't bother me as much, I do like to keep it interesting. So give us the background to Oqual Dolor, which is your next choice. Oqual Dolor. It's, uh, this is a piece that I wrote. Um, I just decided one day that I needed to write something operatic. And with this orchestra in the back pocket, um, I had an opportunity to jump at it. And I wrote... I wrote the melody with an English libretto and I've, what's nice about Oqual Dolor is that I found different people around the world to perform the different parts. So the soprano is from England, her name is Carolyn Clark. The strings are from Prague, the, the string orchestra in Prague. The flute is my friend Gary van Riet, who I recorded at Jazzworks. And the libretto was actually co- translated by someone in Venice by the name of Valentina Confuo, who wrote it in a romantic Italian style. Okay, so this sounds quite complicated. How does this all happen, that you would have a soprano there and a flute here and an orchestra there and a librettist there? Is, does someone lay down a basic track and then you add stuff over the top, or how does it work? Well, I write, I write all the music at first in with sample libraries so you get an you know quite an an accurate representation of what it will be and then because the orchestra didn't have a woodwind section at that stage i sent them the string parts they recorded the strings they sent it back to me 
Then I got the music ready for Gary to perform the flute, recorded that over it. And then once I had the the um, text ready, I sent that to Carolyn in the UK. And just for our listeners, is this all done with a click track? Yes, the orchestra so, does perform to a click so track. So I just want to explain to the listeners that when when you lay down a click track, it's a sort of regular pulse which you can hear in headphones. It sort of goes... <laughs> wow. And Richard, then you, I should sample that. We can use that <laughs> click track. And then you lay down the music over the top of that. So the string parts would have been put on top of that. And they all listen to the headphones. Then that click track stays there. And then it's sent on to the next person, which is the flute player. And they add the flute part. So all the basic pulse is there. You don't need a conductor. We are being made redundant. <laughs> that with, is very sad. I know. And I, and I still think... With a click track or not, I think the conductor is still the most important role. And I don't think it will be obsolete ever, Richard. Well, it's just as well you say that on this program. Thank you, Gregory <laughs> Nottingham, for Only saving my, my it life. It is my pleasure. <laughs> so here comes the piece that we're talking about, O Qual Dolor. This is composed by Gregory Nottingham, my guest in People of Note, and performed by these various people all around the world. That was O Qual Dolor by Gregory Nottingham, who's my guest in People of Note. And many pieces of music in the contemporary field are recorded in that way, where you have a click track and then you layer the music on top of that, layer by layer, until you've got what you want. And I'm sure these uh, pieces of music, for example, by Vangelis, which Greg has also chosen uh, to play, will have been made in exactly that same way. But before we get to that, I want to play you some Shostakovich, because that's also on your list of choices here. This is a waltz. Now, Shostakovich was a really interesting uh, composer, because he did a lot of film music, and in it he was, he was quite an ironic composer, because he was persecuted by the state in Russia for writing music which they didn't approve of, because everything had to be approved of by the state in Russia. And this is a waltz. So jazz was not very popular in Russia. It had to be a certain type of jazz approved by the state. And this is from his little jazz suite. Uh, Greg, if you want to talk about uh, the waltz by Shostakovich, just tell us your feeling about it. Well, what I can tell you is that you might, after listening to this, you might find some similarities in the tempo and the meter of my first piece we played today, Quandor's Palace. And I'll tell you why. Um, without wanting to sound like I'm a copycat, <laughs> uh, because I do feel that I, you know, um, I do uh, get inspired by different artists. Um, it was last year when I went to watch Snow White Ballet at Teatro that this piece of music, Waltz Number no. 2 by Shostakovich, was featured. And I took that immediately. I, it just, I think seeing it to the ballet, seeing the dancers performing, it brought the music to life in a deeper way than it ever had before. And it is an incredible piece. And I, um, I went home and the very next day I composed Quandor's Palace. 
there we go. You see, this is how inspiration works. This is The Waltz Number no. 2 by Dmitry Shostakovich. That was The Waltz Number no. 2 by Dmitry Shostakovich, the choice of Gregory Nottingham, who's my guest in People of Note. Where do you see music going in the longer term? Or do you see music going somewhere different in the longer term? Absolutely, Richard. I think I think there's so much more to explore. And although we feel like we're at a point where we've explored it all, there are library music banks upon banks of things that people can choose from. And it almost... Just to explain library music for our listeners, just tell us what it is. Library music is... In a nutshell, it's music that has been composed with a certain feeling or a certain um, direction in mind, which can then be used later by anyone who needs music for, be it film, TV, they can just search from a range of music and use that. And I just want to expand on that a little because um, I have a a friend in Cape Town who writes music for documentaries and feature films, and he's finding that his work is drying up because of libraries. So instead of commissioning a composer to write music for a particular film, the producers go to a library and they just choose from the library what they want. So that uh, music is pre-packaged, really, for these things, instead of being inspired directly by the film or documentary. Is that a fair criticism? I'd say that's a perfect description. And and what so what is the future then for composers like yourself or are composers now writing library music? I'd say yes, composers are writing more library music and I do still feel however that just a, as a conductor is important to an orchestra. A composer can bring out things that a director has in mind that a library cannot do. I think it's it gives having a composer commissioned gives gives a a nuance and a feeling to the to the director's ideas that you know wouldn't have been conceived if there wasn't that original idea. So we're relying, perhaps, to go on with the original question, which was about what is the future of music. Are we relying more on composers just turning out music rather than being inspired by a particular story or particular visuals or whatever it is? And I think that's exactly where Mr. Hemsley comes in, Richard. It's a, it's a suite that I've composed that is completely my own story, and I, you know, it's a chance for me to live in a world that I've created, and and I think there's there's a lot there's a lot that composers can can do, and I and I don't and I wish to encourage every composer out there to continue. So let's encourage Gregory Nottingham, and we're going to play a piece, another piece, because we had Condor's Palace, but we're going to play another piece now from the Adventures of Mr. Hammersley by my guest in People of Note, Gregory Nottingham. That was The Adventures of Mr. Hammersley, Part 2, by Gregory Nottingham, who's my guest in People of Note. That's the program you're listening to on Classic 1027. I'm Richard Koch, and this program is broadcast every Sunday from 6 to 8 p.m. 
And in it, we talk to someone who is a person of note and listen to music of their choice. We're going to take a short break. We'll be back after this. Welcome back to the second hour of People of Note. And I'm talking to Gregory Nottingham, who is a composer, sound engineer, and many other things. What do you still play, Greg? I, An do, play, I yeah. do play piano. Yes, Richard. Um, I'm busy with um, oh, I'm busy with uh, another exam, actually. Another exam? Well, the thing is, I through my trick, I um, went up to grade seven piano, and after my trick, I stopped playing those technical pieces. Although I did carry on with. You know, I need the piano every day for composition and production. So recently I decided I need to, I want to, you know, further my my playing. So I'm going to take grade 7 again this year and move into grade 8 again. And have you found a teacher? I do. I do have a teacher at the moment, yes. That's good. And it's always, it's not so easy, I must say, to take things up again when you've had a long break. But if you've got a basic technique, of course, and you've been playing all the while... So uh, it just needs discipline and lots of practice. Absolutely. I'm, I'm relearning that B major scale, playing it completely like a kindergarten student because I'm relearning the things that I never knew I was doing wrong. You know, moving the thumb under as opposed to moving my hand across. So keeping my index finger parallel to the keys. Things that I'm learning that I didn't actually know before. Yeah. So... And I think it's wonderful how many people, once they're older, because I know many, many people who who've regret having stopped playing at school and then say later in life, I wish I'd never stopped. And then I've got a friend who's, when he retired, he started playing the piano. He'd never played the piano before. He did it after he retired. And another chap that I met this last weekend uh, had not played his cello for 50 years since he wow. left school. <laughs> and he's now picked up his cello and is wanting to play again because he's also retired. Amazing. And he wants to do something in his retirement. So, dear listeners, if you want to do this, do it. And Don't leave it. And it is never too late. It's never <laughs> too late. Sounds like the uh, title of a new movie. Yes. It's never too late. Let's do it. Let's make a movie. And it's to do with chronology and time. And I see you've chosen a piece called Chronology, Part 1 by Jean-Michel Jarre. So tell us about that. Jean-Michel Jarre, a big part of my musical life um, in terms of my inspiration and what I've listened to for many years. Jean-Michel Jarre is a French composer He's the son of Maurice Jarre, who was a film composer in the 50s and 60s, I believe. And Jean-Michel is, one could say, a pioneer in synthesizers and new sounds. So his music is very, his composition is incredible, yet he will always use very otherworldly sounds. And I think... If one were to listen to, well, you'll hear now in chronology, but if one listens to an album of his called Zuluk, you'll hear sounds that I don't think you've ever heard before, and it is incredible music. And here comes Chronology, Part 1, by Jean-Michel Jarre. That was Chronology by Jean-Michel Jarre, the choice of Gregory Nottingham, my guest in People of Note. 
And you brought up something interesting there, Greg, which was um, you are sort of, in a way, by using orchestras, going a little bit backwards in terms of the things that are available to composers now. Yes. But there's a particular sound of an orchestra which you can't precisely capture electronically. Absolutely. Absolutely. And there's an art to orchestral music that is completely unique to itself. I think it may sound, you know, an everyday listener will walk into a room as I'm playing Berlioz Symphony Fantastic and say, bro, oh, that's awesome. You're listening to classical music. And I respect that. But no one really understands the depth of the time and effort and sheer physical labor also absolutely yeah. physical labor precision in order to you know to um create, create sounds, something yeah. like that but obviously you can also mix live orchestral sound with electronic uh, as for example vangelis did if you think of um uh what was the movie about the runner blade runner no? No, not Blade Runner. It was a runner... Um, oh, Chariots of Fire. Chariots yes, of Fire. Sorry. Yes. Well, Blade <laughs> yes. Runner, Chariots Blade of Fire. Yeah. Uh, where he mixes electronic sounds with orchestral sounds, yes. which is quite interesting. Incredible. Yeah. And another one of my great um, icons in in music composition. Because of that that thing, he's he's got the ability to convey such emotion with a very simple melody line, very simple progressions usually, and it sounds simple, but actually what he's done in terms of the sound of the music is something that I respect on many levels. And often I, and I have been told that my music does at times resemble that of Vangelis, and while I take that as a huge compliment, I yeah. also realize that I need to create my own unique expression. You talked about Blade Runner, which was a sort of iconic movie. Uh, and I see you've chosen the theme from Blade Runner by Vangelis. Let's listen to it. That's coming up now. Vangelis, theme from Blade Runner. That was the theme from Blade Runner by Vangelis, the Greek film music composer, but I guess he composes other stuff as well, other music as well. You're listening to Classic 1027, and we're just going to take a short break. We'll be back after this. Welcome back to People of Note, right here on Classic 1027. My guest tonight is Gregory Nottingham, and he's worked with many different South Africans, particularly in the hip-hop and pop world. Well, do we call it pop still? Or is that now out of date? No, I think that is, it is a term loosely used to describe a very broad range of music. But I don't think we ever use that as a specific genre anymore, no. It's now much more specific, like hip-hop or, or Kwaito, or yeah, they've all got specific names. Yes, minimal, house, uh, deep tech, uh, there's rap. Low, rap. Rap is uh, probably something that hip-hop birthed out of and now hip-hop's going back to rap and uh, to be honest i i still don't know where the line is between the two and what about these shows by djs for example i mean you hear about 
DJ Coffee and Camel Fat and such weird <laughs> <Yeah>. names. Uh, <laughs> and I can see Matuba Tubba's even impressed that I know about Camel Fat. Uh, how is it possible that we can do shows with DJs? I find that quite amazing. It, it is amazing. Um, and it is always a joke that we have inside at Jazzworks about how the DJs are actually not doing anything. You know, they're pushing and pushing buttons and pressing knobs that aren't doing anything. But they give stage. the impression of doing something. However, that is a that isn't entirely true because I do know of DJs who and I think the new craft of DJing is actually creating the music on this on stage. So they'll have synthesizers, they'll have drum machines and they'll create the music and as they go. And all the, the knobs and button pushing is is in fact doing something you know um they are using low pass filters and um beat beat matching and recording and the art of djing has changed very much since the world of vinyl where one had to rely on skill to actually beat match two records and mix one from the other to the other so do you go to these shows Actually, no, Richard, I don't. <laughs> but we do have DJs in studio, so um, I do I do see a lot of what goes on behind the scenes. And uh, we do... We have actually put on a show once at Carnival City, one of the concert films we did, where the DJ had a, had a setup in front of him with all the flashing lights and everything to open up the show. And a little side note... Those mixers weren't plugged in. Nothing in front of him was so it's plugged all for in. Show. It's all yeah. that was all for show. Yeah. So yes, you do get the showmanship, but don't be uh, too quick to assume that these guys are not talented because the the heads, uh, you know, the DJs at the top of their craft are incredibly talented producers. Incredibly, talented. and they charge unbelievable amounts of money to absolutely. do their shows. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. I think that's uh, in the where in the past people would go and watch opera. Uh, it's a completely different uh, different group of people who would attend a big DJ concert, and yeah, I think it's I think it's it's cool. It's awesome. Now your next choice is "Into Eternity" by Evangelis Pinta Nina Santa Maria. Just tell us about this, and then we'll play it. Well, this is the this is the uh, closing credits of the movie fourteen ninety two by Vangelis, or the film film score by Vangelis, and this is just a beautiful piece, um, which I feel as you were, you were talking earlier about the how modern music has more of a there's a re repetition to it, and you'll find in this piece there is that. Um, that repetition in the progression as the music continues. However, there's also very carefully composed melody lines above that. And you'll find that the repetition is actually very minimal, but it does get you into a very beautiful sense of calm. And if one listens to this, in quietude, it is a very medi meditative piece. So here it comes, Into Eternity by Vangelis. That was music by Vangelis, the Greek 
Bourne movie composer. And that was Into Eternity from the film 1492 about Christopher Columbus. It's the choice of Gregory Nottingham, who's my guest in People of Note, and we're sort of coming towards the end of the program now. And Greg, how much of this is inspiration and how much of it is just hard slog? When you when you compose a piece, <laughs> I mean, is, there is a lot of hard slog yes, involved. Absolutely. Uh, but somehow you have to have an idea sparked off somewhere. Definitely. That is a very good question, Richard. And I'm sure you will know, um, as I say, the, the, the spark of inspiration has to be there when the piece is first composed. I don't think the piece can happen if that isn't there. And usually that process is very quick. The composition shouldn't take long because it's it's supposed to flow. The slog comes in in the getting the piece to its finished state. And that that is with for instance if it's getting it ready for an orchestra, it's the the days, the hours, the weeks of orchestrating the music, uh, making sure that everything's right. And then when obviously the recording is a is a process in itself, setting up all the microphones, making sure everything is clean and ready to go. And then the recording process, which is the the musicians themselves. And if um if I have someone in studio then it's it's that person. And then there's the mixing and mastering process after that, which is another there are many, many stages to this this world that uh, when you listen to a three-minute piece, you enjoy that three minutes and you don't realize that it's actually been close to actual days, weeks, and months of work. Yeah, And it's interesting because I'm not so much in that area of music. I'm in the area where we prepare for a concert and yes. we do a concert and that's it. Yes. It's much more ephemeral. Uh, and I think one of the exciting things about doing concerts is that it is ephemeral. There's only once that we are all together yes. there doing that concert. And if you capture it in a recording, that's fine. But that's not the main point of it. The main point of it is to get all those people together to do the concert for the excitement and the inspiration that that in itself brings, let alone the recording. Absolutely. And and as you would know, the the rehearsals that you need leading up to that and and i think it's a beautiful thing to capture the moment and we're all so quick to pull out our phones and become cameramen you know <laughs> but are we living in the moment when we're doing that and when you watch that video are you experiencing what you could have experienced when you were there in the moment so your final choice is called divine inspiration and that's very appropriate for what we've just been talking about. Absolutely. So tell us about Divine Inspiration before we hear it. So Divine Inspiration was an album that I... was. Uh, sorry, it's, it's a piece of my first album, Angel of Light, which I composed and released... Composed in 2015. And this piece, I think, goes along more with the the fusion of orchestral, big cinematic sounds with modern synthesized sounds and my my whole process through angel of light was to evoke emotion and bring upliftment to the listener that was my that was my goal and 
I hope that in listening to this piece, you do feel uplifted and healed in some way. That was a piece called Divine Inspiration by my guest in People of Note, Gregory Nottingham. So that's what it's all about. We've been talking to Greg about the whole creative process, how it starts, how it's inspired, how it happens, the many hours of work that go into it. And I just want to thank you, Greg, for giving up your time and coming to talk to us here. And just to say that we do play uh, Gregory's music here on Classic 1027. So listen out for his name. And from time to time, you'll hear it. The Adventures of Mr. Hammersley, for example, are on our playlist. So from time to time, you will hear those right here on Classic 1027. Thanks, Greg, for coming in. You know, Richard, when I was a young lad at the Ridge School, I remember seeing your name under our school hymn. And I've always hung on to that. Richard Cock wrote our school hymn. And what a beautiful school hymn that was. And I just think it's so awesome that I'm sitting here now in Classic Studios with you. And I just feel so privileged. And it's just so awesome. Thank you. And thank you for sharing your story with us. And thanks to Mataba Tabahadebe, who's helped us to put the program together. And of course, thank you at home for listening. It's always great to have your company on a Sunday evening as we wind down and then get ready for the week ahead. So I do hope you have a great week. Thanks for listening, and until next time, from all of us here at Classic 1027, we wish you a good night.